Uh, six seconds, stand by. Hey, Aaron Flint here with Montana Talks. Hey, great to be with you here uh, this morning. Hopefully the lights stay on. Hopefully the power stays on with us here for the next two hours of the program. Yeah, we, we thought we were up and running yesterday and then right at 840 in the morning, power went completely dark uh, here. Uh, where we're located with our studios. Uh, so, yeah, uh, downtown Billings was hit yesterday, and uh, the whole uh, Heights was hit, and so so we lost power a couple of times. But uh, but we are up and running here this morning. Um, there's only a couple of different uh, uh, challenges here this morning. First, uh, for our radio stations out there, it, uh, it does seem like... It does seem like... Uh, our, our normal breaks when we would toss to a commercial break or to a news and a weather break or whatever local programming you might have, say, at, at 810, 820, et cetera, uh, those may not fire on our end. But uh, but if you can, can fire those uh, automatically or manual on your end, uh, feel free to please do that. And, and we'll keep uh, providing content during, uh, during those breaks anyway, uh, just so you still have something rolling. Uh, on your end uh but the, the other big challenge we got today is we c- we can't take your phone calls because this power outage affected our little phone system here um but we can we can give you a call we can call you uh so um i think like we've got a couple of guests that are going to join us here this morning we've got a uh, great guest uh coming up around eight twenty-five this morning although travis let's get her on at eight twenty because we come out of that break before eight twenty-five. let's just get her on uh, before we come out of the break so that we know we got her on the phone lines. Um, a great guest there. And uh, and then, uh, but other than that, man, we've got uh, phone lines open where we can call you. If you got, if you want to jump in on the conversation, if you've got something you want to talk about, 406-294-0970. Um, uh, well, don't use that number. We, we have to call you. Message us on our Montana Talks app or email travis.lee at townsquaremedia.com and Travis will call you from our studios uh later on in the nine o'clock hour we got um at least one maybe two guests that are going to join us in the nine o'clock hour of the show and otherwise we'll just be covering the big news of the day and take uh and then calling you and more um and then of course you can message us on our montana talks app right now some of the latest news here let me see before we uh before we cut to a quick break here in about a minute or so uh, I, I shared a photograph yesterday. I was joking. Uh, normally, I'd be I'd be getting the show up and running, but we since we had a power outage, I couldn't even get to our Montana Talk studios. So instead, uh, we noticed that the lights were on at Stella's Restaurant in downtown Billings. They must have been uh, feeding off of the power at the post office, the, the emergency backup power at the post office. So, so anyway, Paul Mushaven and Mark Wilson, the Breakfast Flakes on the Country Station in Billings, they said, "Hey, well." If we're just going to be sitting around uh, waiting for the lights to come back on, well, let's head over to Stella's. So so, uh, so that's what we did. I shared a, a great photograph with our friends Mark and Paul, and, and I kind of talked about what we would have talked about and what they would have been talking about at that time of the morning had the lights been on. Uh, and and then what we ended up talking about. Uh, so that's on our Montana Talks website. Plus, this news, former Montana Congressman Danny Reberg eyeing another run for Congress in Montana. I'll tell you about that story and more right after this. 
Secretary Zinke, or just shortly after he he wrapped up his tenure as Secretary of the Interior. But you know, there, of course, there's a, there's a ton of military and law enforcement down there, and so got to go see you know Navy a bunch of Navy SEAL buddies that he was getting together with, and you know you see the Dana Lashes and the and and Tom Gresham from Gun Talk. We were right next to him last year, and so it's just fun to see who all you run into. It, it really is uh, a bit of a family reunion, and, and to kind of maybe put it back into some of the frontier days, it's kind of like the old rendezvous uh, that used to happen on, you know, with the trappers and the mountain men. This is this is really the the one time of the year that the entire industry is going to get together under one roof, albeit a very big roof, uh, and and kind of you know work toward the same thing that we're all uh, focused on, is that is. We have a robust and vibrant firearm and ammunition industry. And while these companies are all vying for their, the same customers and they're working toward, you know, trying to capture that customer with the latest and greatest product, the, the great thing about this industry is that at the end of the day, when the business is done, they're all fighting for the same thing. They want to make sure that we have a robust industry and that having good competition between the companies means better products for our customers. All right, so let's pause it, it right there. Really- Full shot show coverage on the Montana Talks podcast. Check it out. I'm going to pause for two seconds as our statewide audience rejoins here in a second. All right, Aaron Flint here with Montana Talks. Yeah, uh, hey, message us on the Montana Talks app. Send us your number if you want to be on the program this morning. Uh, We're still having some power outage issues from yesterday. All right, let's jump right into it. Uh, uh, Former Montana Congressman and former Lieutenant Governor Denny Reberg is considering another run for Congress. That's one of the stories. There's another story out there as well. Uh, Reberg is reportedly looking at running for Montana's second congressional district, or what what we might refer to as the Eastern Montana Congressional District. This, as the New York Times is reporting that Congressman Matt Rosendale may announce his intent to leave the House and run for the Senate against Navy SEAL veteran Tim Sheehy in the GOP primary. Now, the New York Times was quoting three anonymous Republicans who say that they are familiar with Rosendale's plans, saying that Rosendale may announce as early as this weekend while the Montana GOP winter kickoff is taking place in Helena. Um, The Associated Press uh, ran with a similar story, but what I thought was interesting was if you actually read the Associated Press report, uh, the, the the Associated Press report makes it sound like like Rosendale is definitely making the announcement this weekend. Uh, but yet, uh, so so anyway, if you if you read the New York Times piece, the New York Times piece says uh, that the three people, three anonymous Republicans are saying he's going to announce a run this weekend. But then you read this Associated Press report, and it sounds like they're talking to the same three people, and and they are saying, no, 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 he will announce this weekend. <laughs> and uh, anyway, and so of course the filing deadline isn't isn't until March. But but man, as I've said all along, this race started several months ago. Uh, John Tester has already been amassing a war chest. Uh, Navy SEAL veteran Tim Sheehy has already been fighting back against liberal Senator John Tester and and uh, uh, building a war chest of his own. 
Uh, but what was interesting, though, so, so here you have the New York Times saying, well, he may announce this weekend. And then you've got the Associated Press on, making it sound like, oh, yeah, he will announce this weekend. But then uh, I pulled up a story from Color 8 TV, from Color 8 uh, Television. And in this Color 8 TV report, I thought I had it in front of me here. Oh, yeah, here we go. Uh, Rosendale announcement is just speculation. Per the official spokesperson, let's see here. Uh, let's see here. While it is correct that the congressman is slated to speak at the GOP kickoff gathering in Helena, his spokesperson tells nonstop local that he is still working to make up his mind. Okay, Rosendale would have a primary opponent in his bid for the Senate against Montana businessman Tim Sheehy, who announced his candidacy over a year ago. This is according to a report by Bradley Warren. So so the spokesperson is saying, no, this is just speculation. He still hasn't made up his mind. But the, you know, the Associated Press is saying, no, it's happening. So uh, somebody isn't telling the truth here. Uh, I happen to think that it's most likely the uh, the uh, liberal news media uh, that uh, that that may have egg on their face over this one. But uh, anyway, that's just the latest drama there. But let's go back to this other story here. So if uh, if Rosendale does decide to 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 leave the House and run for the Senate instead, uh, well, that opens up a wide open Republican primary for that Eastern Congressional District. And quick reminder for our listeners out there, most of most of you know this, but for those who don't, we used to have only one seat in the House of Representatives for Montana. Danny Reberg held that held that seat for 12 years. If I'm not mistaken, he was the longest serving Montana congressman when it comes to serving as the lone member of the House. Now, we, we might have had others that served uh, as long or longer, but they didn't represent the entire state. Maybe they represented part of the state. So back, uh, you know, back before the 1990s, we used to have two members of the House. Then we, we lost one and, and went down to one. And then after the, 20, uh, uh, the, the, the 2020 census, we gained another seat in the U.S. House. So now we have two members of the House of Representatives. Democrats controlled the, the redistricting process. So Democrats... They knew they couldn't win both seats, but they wanted to gerrymander the process so that they could hope to win one seat. So what they did is is they designed a very safe Republican seat in the Eastern District. They just said, ah, you know, we're not even going to try out there. And they haven't really even tried out there. And then, and then, remember how they tried to carve up Western Montana? I know Tim and Savage remembers this. Remember how they were going to carve up... Uh, uh, Western Montana so badly, they wanted to steal conservative voters from the Flathead Valley and put them in the Eastern Montana district. Remember when they, to the Democrats, they were saying, oh yeah, Columbia Falls is Eastern Montana. So that was the gerrymandering they were trying to do. And and so anyway, so they tried to get as favorable of a Western Montana district that they possibly could. So that seat is much more competitive. But of course, then former Trump Interior Secretary Ryan Zinke uh, came in and defeated the Democrat in that district. And I think he's going to beat that same de- Democrat by an even bigger margin this fall. So the, the point being is that, hey, whichever Republican wins that Republican primary, if there is a big one in the East, the theory is that they, they handily win the general election because it's such a safe Republican district, whereas the West is still still more competitive. That's why there's like 12 people and everybody and their mother 
who are looking to run in that eastern Montana seat. Now, I've seen I've seen some of the polling that was d- just done. That is what started this chatter about Denny Reber potentially eyeing another run for Congress. I've seen the polling, and Denny Reberg would have a clear lead uh, if he decides to jump into that House race. Uh, and so he would easily be the early front runner. And then if elected, he would enter Congress with the 12 years of seniority that he previously acquired. Uh, anyway, full statement from uh, former Congressman Denny Reberg is on our Montana Talks website right now. I'll try to share it with you after the break as well. We got a, um, we're going to take a quick break. We'll continue feeding audio during the break just in case if, if our stations aren't able to run their local break. Uh, and then we'll be back with you with our guest right after this. Waging terror wars all throughout the Middle East, uh, including Hamas, we're enriching them with policies like this. Donald Trump all would right. never have done that. Hey, cutting back in here, cutting back in here. Yeah, for those of you who uh, caught a little bit of the audio uh, bleeding over there, not sure if you were able to hear the audio that we fed through the whole break or if you had a break of your own. But uh, that was a part of our SHOT Show coverage with the uh, Texas Congressman Pfluger, the, the, uh, the Midland over Moscow guy. And uh, full SHOT Show coverage, if you missed any of our SHOT Show coverage, uh, all of that great audio is on our Montana Talks podcast, which, by the way, I I don't know why I didn't think to check this before, but uh, I finally did. So I was listening to, uh, I think I I was listening to Jordan Peterson's podcast, and then I was listening to Sheriff Slaughter's Pursuit podcast out of Great Falls. And I was like, man, I wonder if you can find our podcast on Spotify. Hey, there it was. So, yeah, all of our SHOT Show coverage, if you, if you got the uh, Montana Talks uh, yeah, podcast uh, via Spotify, you can find it all there as well. All right, we do now have uh, a great guest with us on the phone lines uh, here. Uh, and uh, I meant to check in uh, during the break, so I hope I pronounce your name right. Is it, is it Ariel Del Turco? Did I pronounce that right? That was absolutely perfect. All right, well, perfect. Um, so you are with the uh, the Family Research uh, uh, Family Research Council, the FRC, as we all know it, an incredible organization. I think Mr. Perkins was here uh, uh, in Billings a couple years ago at the Montana Family Foundation banquet, uh, celebrating their, our friend uh, Jeff Lasloffy for his uh, twenty plus years of service. But this is a um, very interesting topic here. FRC releases updated report detailing the intensifying intolerance toward Christians in the West. Anyway, Ariel, thanks for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Uh, well, tell us, what what kind of research did you do here? Well, why did you want to do this this research in the first place? I mean, I, I could come up with my uh, reason for why. I think it's, it's, it's great that you're diving into this topic, but tell us why the FRC wanted to, to do this research. Yeah, so we've been looking at religious freedom conditions around the world for years now. Uh, and what we noticed, especially after the COVID-19 pandemic, was that we were seeing more incidents of uh, specific government violations of religious freedom. And this report tracks them specifically against Christians because we're a Christian organization. Um, we saw a marked rise in that, so we wanted to uh, compile all the stories that we were able to find and really paint the picture and give people an idea of what's happening in the West in these countries that people think of as free and open and democratic. We're talking about Europe and Canada and the United States and Australia and New Zealand. 
and yet we're seeing a lot of problems there. So we wanted to give people an idea of what was happening. Yeah, well, I think for most of us out here, this just makes sense. I think we have seen this intolerance towards Christians in the West. And, and by the West, we mean like the United States, Canada, Europe in particular, what were considered, you know, free market, free uh, religious liberties countries, right, where we stand up for Western values, which is religious liberty. And then in the East, in the uh, the Soviet communist countries like the like the the, the former Soviet Union, uh, that's where they trampled on religious liberties. But but uh, but yet yet what we have seen, especially after COVID-19, we had churches shut down by these leftists by former Democrat Governor Steve Bullock here in Montana, by the, uh, the, the tyrannical uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau of Canada. But yet they'll keep strip clubs open and the Planned Parenthood abortion mills up and running. But even put, put, take COVID-19 out of the picture altogether, we are seeing this, it, this intolerance and this hatred and this hostility towards Christians across the board. You're absolutely right. And so during the COVID pandemic, many of these religious freedom violations, they revolved around, as you said, churches being able to operate, churches being unfairly targeted uh, for closure while other institutions remained open. However, now we're seeing that the key issues revolve around a censorship of uh, Christians' ability to express their faith fully, uh, to express their beliefs about Christian doctrines, especially when those ideas uh, contradict with the mainstream secular worldview when it comes to some of these hot-button political issues, when it comes to abortion, when it comes to transgenderism, and when it comes to homosexuality. The left and uh, secular culture more broadly even uh, really has an increasing distaste for this type of uh, religious belief or these Christian beliefs about about who we are, about how we were created, and about how we're supposed to live. You know, it's amazing when you think about it because we know of Christians in China, in communist China, that that uh, have to operate in underground churches, and then the, the Communist Party will find out where they're operating from, and then they'll demolish the building. And, and so, you know, uh, there's, there's people that are sneaking Bibles into the country, and, and it, but, but yet remarkable growth of, of Christianity and people moving towards, uh, uh, towards Jesus in China. Right. And, and almost like the opposition is pushing them, in, you know, to to even be more interested in becoming Christian there, which is fascinating in itself. But but OK, we get it that a communist nation like China would be trying to combat Christianity because they see that as, you know, because if, if you want to be free in Christ, well, then you're going to want to be free in life. And so there's just a natural conflict with communism. Right. And so so they see that as a threat. But yet. Now we've got people in 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 America and Canada and Europe, uh, and they are they are having this open borders invasion because these globalists want to undermine traditional Judeo Christian values and they want to turn the West into something else. Yeah, and I'll give you an example from the report. Uh, we talk about the case of Isabel von Spruce. She is a Christian pro life activist in the United Kingdom, um, and she was arrested multiple times after praying silently outside an abortion clinic. Uh, certain places in the United Kingdom have issued these buffer zones where within a certain amount of yards, it's a very wide radius, you're not allowed to protest or even really talk to people on the street um, or 
portray in any way that you have a negative opinion about abortion. So Isabel was somewhat near an abortion facility, and she was praying silently on the sidewalk, just standing there. She didn't have a sign. Uh, she wasn't saying anything to anyone. And the police came and questioned her, uh, and they asked, are you protesting? She said no. They asked, uh, Will, are you talking to anyone? She said no. And then they asked her, well, are you praying? Because praying was, is specifically prohibited within this buffer zone. And she said, well, maybe in my head I am. And that was enough for her to be arrested, not for her activism, not for any protest, but simply for praying to God in her own mind. So that just shows you the level of intolerance that is starting to creep out uh, in some of these places, especially around uh, the issues that the secular left views as sacred, right? They don't view God or religion as sacred. They view abortion as sacred. So when that conflicts with Christianity, uh, we see religious freedom violations occasionally. Well, and what's crazy is right now this this open hostility toward Christians, I, I would add, add, add our Jewish friends in the mix as well, uh, that this open hostility and intolerance uh, to Jews and Christians uh, is you know, back in I, I remember in the 2000 Senate race, uh, I was I was working for then Senator Conrad Burns, and I, I took some vacation days to to campaign back here in Montana. And you know, and they had these Democrat Party activists, and they were they were part of the People for the American Way, which was this radical anti-Christian outfit. But they were kind of like just like this offshoot. They were kind of they were kind of like the the far left wing activists of the Montana Democrat Party, but they weren't like the but now they've taken over that 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 viewpoint has taken over the Montana Democrat Party. And so so really, like it, the, the fact that this is being so widely embraced and, and the fact that you're documenting how this is being so widely embraced and peaceful pro-life uh, protesters being thrown in, in bars. But yet look at what happens on the other side. Yeah, you're exactly right. And so I define religious freedom as the ability to hold and live out your faith. So really where we see some of the issues in the West are the ability to fully live out your faith. That means expressing your faith. Uh, it means being able to live according to your Christian convictions and not be unfairly punished for that. Um, in the United States, we even see where uh, good Christian couples in certain states, uh, they're prevented from uh, obtaining a foster care license to foster a child uh, simply because of their religious beliefs about uh, transgenderism, right? They believe no child is born into the wrong body, and God made each person exactly right. Um, and yet that is reason enough uh, to be considered potentially dangerous for a foster kid. Uh, this couple has been maligned, uh, and all they want to do is open up their home uh, to a child. And so I, I think the consequences here are going to be widespread. We're seeing not just Christians paying the price, uh, but society is going to pay the price when Christians aren't allowed uh, to serve and to live out their faith, when couples like uh, this couple I'm referring to isn't allowed to foster a child in their loving home. Innocent people are going to pay the price. Yeah. Well, and I know we've only got about uh, oh, a minute or so to go here. Uh, Ariel Del Turco is the author of the report, and you're the director of the FRC's Center for Religious Liberty. Uh, you know, to me, uh, this shocking numbers that you share with us is all the more reason to, sh to support outfits like the Montana Family Foundation, uh, the Alliance Defending Freedom, and, of course, uh, the Family Resource Council. Um, so uh, I guess what would you say? How can people support your efforts? Or maybe just tell us what you do uh, at your 
your uh, Center for Religious Liberty. Yeah, so we do a lot of research and writing on the topic of religious freedom, um, and our work is twofold. We speak to members of Congress um, about how they can protect religious freedom in their bills and legislation, but we also raise awareness to the general public, so this is something maybe your listeners would be interested in. Uh, you can learn more about our work at frc.org, and if you specifically want to go straight to this publication we've been talking about, you can go to frc.org slash free to believe. All right. Ariel, great to have you on the show. Thanks for what you do. Uh, and I, I I hope, I wish this w- would get more widespread attention, but we know that uh, many elements in the media will try to bury news just like this because, unfortunately, they are a part of the intolerance towards Christians and Jews in the West. Great to have you, Ariel Del, Tur- Del Turco, on the program. We're going to take a quick break. We'll keep feeding audio for our stations just in case uh, the local break doesn't fire on your all right, Aaron Flint here with Montana Talks. Okay, coming back out with you here. Some of you may have heard that content during the break. Some of you may have had your own local breaks there. Uh, as we uh, still kind of get everything uh, fully back up and running following the big power outage yesterday. Uh, look, you guys know me. Uh, I'm, I'm not one of those overnight <laughs> entertainment conspiracy theory radio guys. As entertaining as those are. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't get on the show and talk about werewolves and things like that. But uh, I got to say, is it is it just me or do you find it interesting as well that we apparently still do not have a reason for that big outage uh, yesterday, that big power outage that some of us suffered yesterday? I, I don't know. I feel like sometimes we, we have an answer faster than that. And I, I, I'm just curious because... Uh, because it was a big outage and it happened a couple of times yesterday morning and literally just last week the FBI director was on Capitol Hill basically saying how vulnerable we are to widespread intrusion into every sector including our electrical grid when it comes to the communist Chinese. I'm just interested in that. Uh, Hey, if you want to be on the show, if you want to react to the conversation we just had there, uh, with the Family Research Council, or if you got something you want to talk about, send us a message on our Montana Talks app. Include your number, and we'll call you. Travis, our producer, will call you, or you can email him, travis.lee at townsquaremedia.com. I'll probably miss your email, and I won't see it for another 10 minutes, so that's why it's better to email Travis. Uh, that type of information. And then we'll call you, and that's how you can be on the show here this morning. One other thing um, before we ran out of time there with Ariel Del Turco that I find really interesting uh, just about this this new report detailing the intensifying intolerance toward Christians in the West. I am very interested in seeing – do you guys know, has Tucker Carlson's interview with Russian President Vladimir Putin, has that interview been – been published yet has that i i saw i've seen videos of tucker in russia i've i've seen him promoting the fact that he is going to be doing this interview i know the interview is taking place but uh has that been posted yet because i i'm really interested in seeing how that interview goes um i don't know if this is a a question that tucker will ask but i i think i think this ties in with this very conversation we were just having here where we have seen totalitarianism embraced by Justin Trudeau in Canada, embraced by Joe Biden and, and the Dr. Fauci's in the United States of America. 
I mean, look, look at everything they did to Trump. Look at everything they're continuing to do to Donald Trump. Look at the way, like Putin, they want to put their political opponents behind bars. They want to put Donald Trump in jail. Heck, they already arrested him. Remember the mugshot? And by the way, the same time they were doing that to, uh, to Donald J. Trump, Putin was doing it to, to his primary political opponent. Socialist dictator in Venezuela doesn't want their opponent on the ballot. Democrats are trying to remove Donald Trump off the ballot. Not only are they trying to remove Donald Trump off the ballot, they're trying to remove Montana Attorney General Austin Knutson from the ballot. They're trying to move uh, Indiana Attorney General Todd Rakita off the ballot there, too. They're embracing these totalitarian tactics. They are trying to turn this country into something else. But but what, you remember when, who was that European lawmaker? Remember when, when Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau was going to speak in Europe and he was going to talk about Ukraine? And this, this European lawmaker said, oh, wait a minute, man. Who the heck are you to come to Europe and talk about standing up to tyrants when you, sir, yourself are a tyrant? We saw what he did to the Christian pastors in Alberta. We saw what he did to the Freedom Convoy truckers in Ottawa. We see what this guy continues to do. So who is this tyrant to lecture another tyrant, right? And, and I made the point at the time. I said, look, here, here's the thing. I said, back in the 1980s, there was moral clarity, between East and West. And I think Putin is deliberately trying to, to gray the lines of this moral clarity. And Joe Biden and Justin Trudeau have only helped him, right? There, back in the 1980s when I was a kid, now you guys who, who were older than me back then can, can jump in, can tell me if I'm right, if I'm wrong, or if you want to give your, you know, your additions to this conversation. But there was moral clarity between East and West. We were the city on a hill. We had Ronald Reagan brightly smiling with that American optimism, saying, tear down this wall, standing up for the difference between East and West, for, for freedom, for our Judeo-Christian ethics, for free markets, for religious liberty. And on, the, and on the other side of the Iron Curtain, it was the opposite. There were no free markets. There were no religious liberties. How do you have that kind of – and so th then the, the weak foreign policy of Joe Biden and, and this disastrous administration basically lays out the red carpet, the welcome mat for Vladimir Putin to invade Ukraine. Yeah, if it's just a minor incursion following the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan. Basically lays out the red carpet for this guy. And – and so there, you know, so, of course, you know, the, the whole world is, or well, not the whole world, unfortunately, the communist Chinese were not going to say squat. Some of uh, the other uh, Russian-leaning countries weren't going to say squat about it. But the Western world was trying to stand up to the aggression from Vladimir Putin. And, uh, but anyway, part of what is played out in the background is, is, okay, I, I don't think that Vladimir Putin is a Christian. Now, some of you may, Aaron, why would you say that? I wish he, I, I wish all of these world leaders would turn towards, uh, towards God, right? Uh, I, but, uh, but I think Putin has, has, has been smartly playing the propaganda game because here you have these so-called Western leaders trampling on religious liberties, 
throwing peaceful Christians behind bars, allowing this hatred against our Jewish friends to, to continue to fester. And yet they push this radical transgender agenda, chopping body parts off of kids. And, you know, you had the, the transgender uh, man who identifies as a woman being the spokesperson for the military in Ukraine. And, oh, meanwhile, they, they don't want us to, to drill here and drill now in America. It drove up the price of energy, which funded Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine. And so... So in the background, Putin was playing this propaganda game to make it sound like, oh, no, no, he allows religious freedoms now on the other side of what used to be the Iron Curtain. And look at the way Trudeau and, and, and Biden and crew are trampling on religious freedom and trampling on religious liberty as they usher in this World Economic Forum great reset to transform not just this country but the entire Western world into something else. And, and when we say something else, it's not just socialism. It is a something else that is not that, that means like they do not want the West to be Judeo-Christian countries anymore. That's why they are breaking down every fundamental aspect of society. That's why they are trashing our military with their COVID mandates. That's why they are trashing our military with these woke uh, transgender policies. You, you mean to tell me you you don't you don't think that that the people who who wanted nothing more than to cut funding for our U.S. military in the 1980s that were apologists for the for the communists in the 1980s and and would attack Ronald Reagan in the 1980s as much as they attacked Donald Trump in the 2020s. You don't you don't mean to tell me that that you don't think that that somehow these same people that have been trashing our military for 40 years or more, actually, as our Vietnam veterans would tell you, that, that all of a sudden now they support the military and, and now they're just trying to help the military with these woke transgender policies and everything else. Uh, no, they are attacking our military. They are attacking every American institution possible. That's why they allowed the Black Lives Matter, Matter riots to destroy communities. That's why they allowed churches to be shut down while strip clubs were still open. And Planned Parenthood abortion mills were still open. They are trying to transform this country into something else. And this report that was outlined by the Family Research Council backs that up with the numbers, with the reports, and with the incidents, how they are deliberately attacking Christians. And I would add deliberately attacking Jews in America, in Canada, in uh, Great Britain, which, by the way, could be a smaller economy than Poland by the year 2030, as Stephen Moore with the Unleashed Prosperity Hotline pointed out. All right, that's uh, that's kind of my rant for for you here. Uh, what's your rant? Send us a message on the Montana Talks app, and uh, and uh, we can we can call you from the studio uh, here uh, so that we can get you on the show. Um, man, Peter Ducey, uh, a back and forth with Karine Jean Pierre. I haven't even played this soundbite yet. I got to get to that. Uh, plus, a lot more uh, topics we can get to. Uh, oh, Joe Rogan and uh, Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. It all comes down to control. That ties into this conversation, too. So uh, a lot uh, that, that I can get to here uh, after this next quick break. We'll keep feeding audio just in case our, pro, our, our uh, program doesn't fire for our local stations. And I'll be back with you here live in just a quick few minutes. You can message us on our Montana Talks app as well. I've introduced legislation to prevent that from happening. 
But what you I said gotta, is true. I got to quote Adrian Cronauer. Huh? What? I can't hear you. <laughs> what? What? Why would anybody need a silencer? What? What? What did you do? Field artillery. <laughs> That's right. You know, it's like, That's right. Why would anybody need a silencer? I don't know. You know, maybe it's not good to have, you know. You know, <laughs> you know it's like, it's just crazy. I, I, I got to ask you, and I think, John, you might have a similar question on this front, too, which is, you know, we've been talking with attorneys general and governors, and stuff gets done at the state level. And, and it, man, Congress, and especially right now with the Democrat Senate and the Democrat White House, but even division in the House, why would anybody want to stay in the House of Representatives? I mean, at best, you're just trying to, you know, you're, you're like out there trying to put your fingers in the holes while the dam's about ready to burst, it's got to feel like that sometimes. That like, oh boy, you're just trying to prevent more harm from being done, and it's just got to be a headache. I mean, the president from day one, January twentieth of twenty twenty one, started with a full out assault, forty plus executive orders, and it is plugging the dam. It's plugging the holes uh, because he's come after American rights and liberties and, and freedoms from day one. Um, we have control of one half of one third of our government. And you've got a Chuck Schumer-run Senate that is completely worthless. They don't do anything mm -hmm. uh, to, to help this country. And so we're standing in the gap, and we have a very thin majority, um, a debt that is out of control, uh, the, the military that needs complete reshaping, which I served in for 20-plus years. Um, but we really are standing in the gap, and it, it's, a, it's a challenge that's worth doing because this country is worth fighting for. And I do have hope for the future. What did you do in the middle? We saw uh, Congressman Mark Green yesterday. He was a seesaw guy, uh, you know, in, in the Special Operations Aviation. What did you do in the military? Well, I was a fighter pilot. I flew. Congressman August Fluger down at the SHOT Show in Vegas. All of that audio on our Montana Talks podcast. Quick pause and then back. All right, Aaron Flint here with Montana Talks. Some of you uh, uh, had some audio during the break. Some of you are just coming back with us. Either way, great to be with you here. Yeah, we're still having a couple of technical issues following that power outage yesterday. Speaking of the power outage, Virgil in Billings sent us this message because I asked the question, have we even heard why the power outage took place in the first place yet? Virgil says this, I was told the power outage was due to a big car accident at Wicks in Maine. Now, that may be so. Uh, yeah, thanks for the message, Virgil. Although, I, this is a question. I'm, I'm not stating this as a fact. My question is, I thought that, that that accident was after the power went out because, you know, people weren't stopping at the at the lights that were out. Um, so, so I thought that accident was after the power went out. But I, but I may be wrong. So, uh, so, Virgil, thanks for that message. Lanky. In Columbia Falls messaged us, did you see video of Tucker's crew interviewing Russians on the street? I did not. So if you could send that to us, send, send us that on the app, and I'd love to check that out. Uh, Sandy and Billings, thank you. Tucker Carlson's interview, apparently it's a two-hour long interview. Wow. Uh, 6 p.m. Eastern today on X or Twitter, as it's known. Thank you, Sandy. That's that's good to know. So that'll be uh, four o'clock Montana time this afternoon. I appreciate the heads up on that one. Uh, let's see. You got a couple other messages that have come in here. Uh, let's see. I might have to save a couple of these. Oh, well, I got. Okay, one other message here. Uh, let's see. Carol, uh, Carol. I think Carol and Billings. Hey, Aaron, when referring to the money uh, Tester and Sheehy are amassing for the Senate race, please say 
protesters wore paunch instead of chest. How much was his D.C. restaurant tab? Wasn't it over a million dollars? Yeah, 1.2, Carol. (laughs) A good investigation would be how much he tips. Ooh, yeah, he better be a 20% tipper. Most Democrats are very stingy when it comes to tipping and charitable donations. Uh, charitable, I, I don't know about tipping, but I know for charities, they're very bad at tipping uh, to charities compared to how um, generous conservatives are to charities. Uh, <laughs> I'll never forget Hillary donated the Clinton old used underwear to Goodwill or some such charity. Gross. Uh, that was from Carol. Thanks for that message. All right. Steve Ducey. And Karine Jean-Pierre, uh, what rabbit hole did they go down? And how has President Biden ever been convinced the three-quarters of voters were worried about his physical and mental health, that he is okay, even though in Las Vegas he told a story about recently talking to a French president who died in 